Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. I hope that you had an easy and meaningful fast. And we are still in the middle of Tishrei, of the planning, the holidays, the eating, the fasting, on and off. Um, you know, something that we do often here at Jew in the City is show stories of people that um, chose observant Jewish lives um, in our mission to rebrand Orthodox Jews and Judaism to show the positive side of things. Um, we often look to people that had prominent or have prominent positions in their professional fields um, and hear their stories of either being raised observant or coming to observance or converting to observance. Um, because although, uh, you know, achieving a certain um, level of success in a professional field is not really what makes a person a good person or a worthwhile person, um, the truth is that it really sparks our interest. We, we find, just as human beings, we find it especially fascinating, or we look up to people that have a certain level of success, you know, in a field that we value. Um, and what we find here is that um, really the goal, or our, our goal here, is to not just you know hear about the professional success, but hear about why the Jewish connection, you know, is more important than the professional success. How the Jewish observance can go hand in hand um, or enhance, uh, you know, sort of an already nice secular life. And so those are the kind of stories that we like to tell here all the time. Um, and especially during this time of year, as we should hopefully be in a con contemplative state of mind, thinking about our own growth, our own return. Um, it's really a perfect timing to share some stories of, uh, of people returning. Um, and a conversion story or the conversion stories we're going to share with you today, I guess probably, you know, even though it's not a, a tshuva story, you know, like a bal tshuva, I think that there actually is probably a sense of return because probably the neshama, the soul, all along was Jewish and waiting to come back. So maybe it's sort of the, the longest way away, but, you know, sort of uh, at the same time a very authentic um, and true story of return. Um I'm not such a sports fan. I'm just going to put it out there, but I do have a husband and two sons. Um, and I saw a, a article a few weeks ago about a professional football player who um, had an Orthodox conversion with his wife several years ago. So, and I knew that would be a story of interest to you know a lot of our fans, and I, of course, I find it fascinating too. But then I just looked. I mentioned to my son before I'm going to be interviewing them, and my son said, "What team does he go for?" And I saw that he played for the Eagles, and I would not have known anything about this until these boys got involved. But it is their favorite team, so I'm so excited to let my sons know that I have Calvin Murray, who now goes by Yosef, and his wife Amuna who played for the Philadelphia Eagles in the early 80s, on with me today. So welcome to Jew in the City Speaks. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. Um, so I have to get just like all the, the stats and the details for my sons. I mean, obviously there's the whole listening, you know, the listenership out there, but they're going to want to know, uh, you know, safe. So tell me about yes. um, your football career. Um, when did you start playing, you know, sort of at, my, my sons now were nine and seven. So sort of at what point, you know, did you, um, realize that it could be more than just, um, you know, a, a, something fun to do, you know, maybe after school or with your friends? Well, actually we played, um, what they call sandlot football a lot in the neighborhood. So a lot of the boys all in our little town, we would 
come together and play, but I actually started playing organized little league and when I was nine, ten years old. <clears throat> I lost my voice. Ten years old. And, and where did you grow up? There, I grew up in a little town called Woodbine, New Jersey. It was actually okay. a, a Jewish community. And I went from there. Um, my father wasn't real sure if I really had the uh, the ability to continue on because I was very skinny. I only I forget what my weight was back then, but I was a skinny uh, kid, and but I had a lot of speed. So he saw me um, starting to play and starting to run away from guys, and he said, hmm, "Maybe you might have a little bit. We'll see here." And then, yeah. so when I went to the when I went to the ninth grade, um, I had my opportunity there with a coach who set me down and had me set up three goals that said, and I said, I want to play for Ohio State, I want to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I want to work with kids. And so what I did is I did that, and I was able to um, have a great career. And in, in the ninth grade, I ran for in six games, which if you understand how it goes, normally a normal season is about 10 games to 11 games. But in six games, we only had as a freshman, I scored, I ran for 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. Mm. And um, so the coach there said, well, I don't know if I'll ever have anybody like this again. So then I got to the high school, and we went to the States, and when the States helped to do that, and and then that's when um, uh, coaches started coming around and recruiting, and they said, hey, you know, well, we want to get this kid in, in Ohio State came after me. I had six visits that I went on to choose which college that I wanted to go to and and I was I was really able to see different schools that I wanted but what what was on the schedule was Ohio State. When Ohio State came and they offered me a scholarship, Coach Hayes came in and he recruited my entire family and he never really talked to me but he recruited everybody else, and then before you know it, here I am fulfilling one of my dreams with the, to go play for Ohio State. There's a whole lot of other stuff that I'm leaving out because of our time frame, but that's basically on a nutshell what happened and the, the opportunity that I was able to achieve one of my, my goals. And what position, not that I'm going to understand it, but again, I'm going to report Oh, I was a running back. I was, I, was, I was a running back with the person who carries the football and they hand it off to you or they can throw it to you. So, yes, I was Got a it. running back. And what about um, career highlights? Like, how, how long did you play for the Eagles and any career highlights? Oh, okay, yeah. I played with the Eagles. I was drafted by them in the fourth round in 1981, just a year after they just came off of losing the Super Bowl in 1980, and then I was there for two years, and then there was a, a league that started up called the USFL. Um, after that, I got cut, and then I went and played in the USFL for a couple of years, and then I ended my career with the Chicago Bears where I had a spinal injury that ended my career. Got it. So that's sort of the, the football side of your career. Now let's talk about mm -hmm. your life as a, a person of religion. Um, what uh -huh. were you raised in religiously? And um, I guess did you? You said you grew up in a town with Jews around. So did you have any impressions of of Jews before you were Jewish? Oh yeah, but they, they, we were all best friends. We were family, um, basically. 
Um, <clears throat> I I grew up uh, going to First Baptist. I was Baptist growing up in in our uh, community, and I went to First Baptist Church. And for I remember um, when I was seven years old. I went to the pastor of the church, and I started seeing a lot of things in there about Jews, Jews, Jews. And then I noticed that Jews were going to service on Saturday, and we were going Sunday. And so I asked them, I said, why are we going different? We're supposed to be uh, serving God on this, on the seventh on the seventh day. And he said, Jews do what they do, and we do what we do. And that just wasn't a good enough answer for me. But I was only seven, and so you know, throughout my career and life, I just kept going on and on and kept searching and searching, and a lot of other things happened throughout my life that, you know, um, just started to open my eyes about searching for truth. But it was my wife, who I'm married to now, is the one that really um, got me on the spark of looking and, and looking into Judaism and seeing the difference. We started studying and looking and seeing, wait a minute, this is not right. Hey, this is how you interpret this. And wait a minute, they misinterpret over here. And, and it started with Christmas. And we, we stopped doing Christmas with our kids. And, and it just kept flowing off from there. And, and next thing you know, here we are. Um, uh, she got it before I did. I was dragging my feet. I was not going to go there because I've seen all the rules and regulations and everything. And, you know, from the outside, it looked like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to embrace all of this? But when once I become an Orthodox Jew and I had to go through the complete conversion, circumcision, everything, and go before the base den and convince them that, you know, I wanted to be an Orthodox Jew and to learn the language and, and everything was really, for me, I, I thought that football trained me for that because to get to the pro level, you have to train and study and study and study and train and study and train and study and train. And in Orthodox Judaism, is the same. It's, it's you're constantly studying. You're constantly applying what you study and what you learn to go out into life to become and to live a life of an Orthodox Jew to be a light to the nation so that others can see that Hashem is the one true God. So I'm a Balchuva, so I had to go through that process too. So maybe I do have a shot at um, professional sport after all. Um, just I'm going <laughs> to get on to Aguna um, in a minute now to hear how she brought you further along. But I just have one more question before we uh, segue there. Okay. Um, were, you said you were going to church and, you know, you know raised in religion. Right. Was prayer right. part of your um, sort of, I guess, like football ritual? Like did that sort of, was that part of the, the process before you started in the middle, you know, sort of praising God afterwards or not so much? Oh, yeah. You know, I was, like I said, um, in, in the ninth grade there was a coach that sat down with me and we started a fellowship of Christian athletes and I did that through my pro, all the way up to my pro career, and it allowed me the opportunity to share God, what the God that I understood in Christianity, um, to other guys, and I was very, very uh, thankful for that training because that all that did is just continue to prepare me for the Orthodox 
lifestyle that I didn't know that I was going to be embracing uh, later on in my life. And so, you know, God has always been a part of my life. He's yeah. always spoke to me. A lot of people said, well, wait a minute, does God really care about football? And I had to, you know, I tell people, yes, God cares about everything that we do. It's very important to him. And there were so many life lessons that I've learned uh, through my athletics, through um, my coming up as being a Christian and being a pastor, uh, actually, you know, like a rabbi. I was one of the ones who was teaching and teaching and helping. I was working with youth and my wife and I, and we were encouraging them and having them have a relationship, a personal relationship with God. And So all of those things we, you know, I still practice, but I do it hippo to do, and I have a personal relationship and a personal relationship with Hashem. So now, um, moving on to you, Amuna. So where did you grow up? What religion were you raised in? And how and why did you think you wanted to become an Orthodox Jew? I grew up in Newark, Ohio, uh, which is a small town about 30 miles east of the capital, Columbus, Ohio. I was raised in a non-religious home and celebrated the um, the Christian holidays just in their commercial aspect without any religious leanings. Um, but even though my family was not religious, um, I always had a curiosity about things spiritual, about God and the Bible. And Hashem worked it out that whoever I was hanging around with at the time did go to church. And so every Sunday um, I would be picked up and taken to church. So I had a just a very broad variety of Christian church experiences growing up and uh, just just always had a, a quest for things, spiritual curiosity, and um, brought that into the marriage. Um, when, when Yosef and I met, we were both very committed Christians, mm-hmm. and we were just, our life revolved around God and the church. We were um, youth pastors, which means we ministered to the middle and high school youth at the church. And we had our first exposure to Judaism through the Messianic movement. I don't know if you know what that is. Sure. Um, it's, uh, it's where people first get exposed to Judaism. It's still Christian in its theology, but the congregations meet on Shabbat, and there's a Torah scroll there, and um, just a lot of Jewish symbolism. And uh, as a matter of fact, when we met with the rabbis of the base bin, they said, you know, it makes sense that a lot of people seeking conversion come from the Messianic movement because that's where they're first exposed to Judaism. Hmm. So we well, were exposed to Judaism through the mess. I'm sorry? Oh, where were you living when you got involved with the Messianic movement? Where were we living? Yeah. We were living in Columbus, Ohio, and okay. we had been married uh, maybe 10 years Mm-hmm. Um, when we had our, when we went, showed up at this congregation one Shabbat, and we were just completely enamored. We just, um, it, it seemed like a step closer to us to truth. We were always very much truth seekers, mm-hmm. and you know, Jesus was Jewish, so it seemed like a step closer to truth for us. Mm-hmm. And we were very, very happy in the Messianic movement for probably eight years, mm-hmm. um, pretty involved with it. And but eventually, that wasn't enough, and uh, we became. Um, involved with uh, Rabbi Tobia Singer, who mm-hmm. is an anti-missionary, and through studying his, uh, listening to his CDs and studying his material, uh, we just became aware of the mistranslations in the Christian Bible and just became less and less satisfied with that. And 
So eventually it was a 10-year process from our first exposure to Judaism through questioning. We were um, eventually fired as the pastor, youth pastors of the church uh, because they said we were too Jewish. Um, and at that point we met in our home for a couple of years and eventually ended up at Chabad where we studied for two years and then eventually asked um, Rabbi Arye Kaltman to sponsor us for conversion. Mm. So altogether it was a 10-year process from our first exposure to Judaism um, until our conversion. So why? And the, re- and the, the, the reason the why is um, because we felt that through Judaism uh, it gave us a meaningful life. At, and most of all, we just really yearned for intimacy with the creator and sustainer of the entire universe. And we came to the conclusion that there was no way to get that except to become Orthodox Jews. Mm. Um, and we were just propelled on this path. And once we were on it, we just couldn't veer to the right or the left. And uh, so we converted five and a half years ago with the basin of Detroit. And we are just extremely grateful and so spiritually fulfilled. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, you know what? I, I mean, you sort of answered it, but um, did... Did going down the, you know, B'nai Noach route ever cross your mind as a way to sort of live according to truth, but not sort of, you know, go all the way? It did not um, for a couple of reasons. One is we had never heard of that movement um, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, our, you know, and the first time we went to a, a synagogue was Chabad. And so we just never even, never didn't even know about conservative or reform. We didn't know about B'nai Noach. Um, but if we had known about it, I, I don't think it would have been an option for us because um, there's no sense of community. Um, I know some of the bigger cities have congregations of B'nai Noach, but in our area there wasn't. And I think community is a, a major part of the picture. Okay, now this question could go to either of you, whoever wants to jump in. Um, Yosef, you came from a pretty religious Christian family, and Muna, you came from a pretty secular family. How did family and friends, other than getting fired, um, how did family and friends react when you told them, hey, I'm going to become an Orthodox Jew? So um, I'll answer, and then Yosef can add something. Um, all of the friends and community had we had with the church disappeared. Um, once we were fired from the church, we suspect, although we don't know for sure, that you know, the congregants were warned to stay away from us, that we were dangerous to their faith, and... No one called, and uh, one of the statements I put in the book was the silence was deafening. And, you know, we had worked with this, you know, 45 kids in our youth group and their families for several years, mm-hmm. and not one person called to see how we were doing. Um, as far as family, um, I would say they were neutral or encouraging. My, um, my mother was very interested and actually wanted to come to Detroit with us on the day of the conversion. And um, our, our daughter also wanted to come. And so my side of the family has been, like I said, either neutral or encouraging. And as time goes on, you know, it was kind of rough in the beginning with us hauling our own food into the family reunions and things like that. But, you know, things are starting to smooth out. It's been five years and people are just kind of used to it by now. <laughs> Go ahead, Yosef. Yeah, and for, and for me, it's just in my family has always seen me as always a real religious guy anyway. So for them to see me take this journey, um, it's not surprising. But there was a little story that was along with it from where my mother and I had a conversation because um, she had passed away um, during this time. And um, she talked about 
there was something when I was born that I had this glow that she didn't understand. She just said there was something special about you that, that she was feeling holding me and she could see on me and glow. And when she passed away and, and, and I was struggling, man, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to take on all this, you know, um, the tour and everything. And can I really do this? And I shouldn't use her in a dream. That's one of the reasons I chose the name Yosef. And, and I really love the story of Yosef. Was that she came and she said, you have a Jewish neshama. Go on and finish what you're doing. And that's why I went on and completed um, what we were, our journey. So wow. My family is, is um, they know that a lot of things, they were part of a lot of things, but they didn't realize that they were part of the instruments that Hashem was just using to guide me and, and my wife and us to come together. It, it just was all strategically done by the, the hand of Hashem. And we can look back and we can see where His hand was every single time and every single move. When we go to Israel, everything is just like, it's just like the sea parts again for us every time that we're there and when we're there together and when we're not together. Just Hashem is just continually just showing His love um, and showering it on us So and, and with our people. And we're just trying to encourage others to say, you know, you got to find your connection and your relationship with Hashem yourself. And, and that's what we, we, we believe. Mm. Okay, can I add one more thing about family reaction? Um, of course, the most important part of our family is our six children, and people always ask, you know, how did your kids respond to this, and, you know, how did that work out? And um, so we decided in the book that the last chapter would be reflections from our children, and we gave them the, the freedom to express themselves honestly um, but respectfully, and people seem to really appreciate that because it's not all rosy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Got it. And are, are any of them um, interested in Judaism, or they've all stayed Christian? Or None of them are Christian. None um, of them are Christian. We thought for a while, I'm sorry. We thought for a while our daughter was uh, maybe interested in Judaism, but, um, you know, they're young, and they're all on their individual paths, and Hashem will put them where he wants them. So, uh, But none of them are practicing Christianity. Got it. Um, have you connected with... Um, I'm just thinking, I know of one other football player that became Orthodox, Alan Weingrad, and there's obviously a few right. famous converts. Have you connected with, like, Nisim or Alan yes. Weingrad or any? Yes, I have. Uh, he came to Columbus one time, and I came up and talked with him. Yes. Oh, you're saying Alan yes, Weingrad? Yes, uh-huh. Um, and how about yeah, any of the other, Columbus. like, well-known black converts, like Nisim or Shine or anything like that? We haven't met Nassim yet, but he lives here yeah. in Jerusalem, and and uh, we hope to meet him very soon. We've been we've been trying for a while unsuccessfully, so hopefully soon that'll happen. You know, I was I spoke to him. I interviewed him a few months ago, and I was very happy to hear that he had not felt any racism. You know, in terms of the Orthodox community, and then unfortunately, I just saw an article that his kids were not allowed into a school, which is just. <gasps> So oh, upsetting. No. It's so upsetting. Oh, that's terrible. That, that, really, breaks, that's terrible. that really breaks my heart. It's, very, it's really, oh. you know, we we sort of handle the image and sort of the portrayal of Orthodox Jews at Jew in the City, but 
um, when there, when people make mistakes, when people do things that are wrong, um, it really has to be a time of introspection. And look, thankfully, there are many, at least in my experience, many people that are, are not racist and have their values aligned correctly. But, um, you know, where where we see these shortcomings, they, they must be addressed. So how have your experiences been? Um, has, has race ever come up in your time in the Jewish community or? <laughs> That's really funny because there's a little story when I, when we when we walked in the first time to see the base den, yeah. and the rabbi sat us down and and he goes, "Why do you want to join a persecuted people?" And, <laughs> and I pointed to my face and said, "Rabbi, you see my skin? I know about persecution." <laughs> but you know, I'll be honest with you. There, I I my wife hasn't probably experienced it. Um, she can speak for herself on that, but. I've had not really, um, I've, I've, I've felt it, but there's people that will come and they sense it themselves and they will make me and feel embraced. And it's been, but it's been more, I would say, there's been more love, more giving, more teaching, more helping, more support yeah. than there was for that little tiny one or two people who may have, not liked me or not wanted to show that I, I'm a Jew. So that's fine. I can deal with that. That's a, I'm not going to focus on that little tiny percent when the majority of the Jewish community has opened their arms and has, has embraced my wife and I. And so I'd rather focus on the, the, the good of the Jewish people who are doing the right way. But we do, we can't ignore those little spots because those little seeds can turn in the danger too, and that's the part that I think that we really um, need to work on in our in our lives because Hashem sees it all. A hundred percent. We've got about three minutes left here, so not too much time. Okay. Um, but I guess if okay. either of you have any closing thoughts, um, you know, you're so sincere, and you've made this life to have a you know a, a path, a connection to God, and yet so many Jews are so far away and. I mean, the truth is that I don't blame them because I was them and, you know, I didn't know right. how to get connected or have a relationship. But do you have any thoughts about all the Jews that are born with it right there in their own backyard and, and don't know the riches that are waiting for them? Well, we do. We have been doing quite a bit of speaking and, you know, we always try to encourage people with our story and. You know, we tell people there's nothing, absolutely nothing more precious than having a covenant with the creator and sustainer of the entire universe. The grass is not greener on the other side. And, you know, we had to give up a lot. We had to fight. We had to work hard um, to become Jews. And it's just such an ideal way of life. And, you know, we just try to encourage people with uh, everywhere we go when we talk to people and... That's it. Just uh, telling people our story and, and, you know, everybody, well, we heard after we heard about a hundred times your story is so inspiring, you should write a book. We mm -hmm. finally decided to. So. And what's the book um, called? It's called From Rose Bowl to Rashi, A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism. Very cool. And people can get it on Amazon. It's, it's for sale. It's on Amazon. Yes, it's on Amazon. Um, it's also in Israel, Manny's and Mayasharim and um, Pomerantz in Jerusalem. Um, I did want to give a shout out to the Columbus Jewish community and also our community here in uh, Malay Dumim. Um, both of those Jewish communities have just been amazing in 
accepting us and loving us, and uh, we just feel so incredibly fortunate to be part of both of those wonderful communities. Amazing. And Yosef, do you have any closing thoughts on uh, about a minute left about... um, Okay, um, real quick, I pretty much do to what what my my wife uh, just said and and how happy uh, we are, and, you know, we just want the Jewish people to come together and unite. So Mashiach can come and realize the world is crying. The world has birth pains that are, they don't understand what's really going on. And sometimes we as Jews don't really understand what's really going on. But that's why we have the Creator. That's why we have the time of Rosh Hashanah, the Yom Kippur, because our Father is close to us. And this is when we should be embracing and, and feeling His presence and His love and be and and then as we go out into the world that they, they will see the light. They see a Jew coming, they said, Man, there's the light of God right there. There's the light of God. There's another light of God. Of her. and that's all I wanna do is just be one of those type of people to be an encouragement, to be a light, not only for the Jewish community but also for the a light to the world. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Um, and continued right. hatlacha and a shana tova to you both. Shana tova. Thank you. thank you, Allison. Thank you. And you can catch us same time, same place next week.